Hello, welcome to this week's Therapy for Me, and it's back to normal this week. So after last week's little foray into the spoken word, or rather into me reciting other people's words to make up the podcast, we're back to the normal thing. And to be honest, I'm relieved, not because I didn't really like last week's episode, and I did think it had... Uh, some power and some impact, it took me so much longer to record. Um, I When I record myself doing these things, I don't worry about uh, the odd blip or the odd you know stutter or the odd err or the odd um or whatever it might be. It is what it is. But when you're reading something else, you feel like you should try where possible to read it as well as you possibly can. And that takes ages. And for those of you who listen to the Corona Diaries with Steve uh, Steve Hogarth, he obviously records a diary section every week, which is three and a half, four pages. That must take him forever to do, having just tried to do a similar thing last week, and it ended up taking me about an hour and a half. So I'm quite pleased to be back on normal terra firma for me. Um, so we'll kick in, and we'll start with a bit of that twangy guitar. Monday. Every week when I start to think about what I'm going to cover in TFM, I make a little kind of bet with myself that this will be the week that I won't talk about anything political, um, in the hope that at some point, the politics is going to drop out and not be as central to what's going on in my life. Now, of course, as we get back to normal and we get out more, it probably will will soften simply because there are other distractions. And certainly through all the pandemic, it's been, you know, you've been channeled into that thing of being very aware of everything that's going on. But I think this week, um, I don't know, I was struck today by two things that happened that were just so, so predictable. In fact, three things that were so, so predictable. I covered last week uh, by using the actual words that were spoken in the House, what Boris Johnson had said about Keir Starmer and Jimmy Savile. And Amber Rudd said it beautifully in an interview on Peston last week, where she said it's just it's just straight out of the Trumpian playbook. That essentially what you do is you say something outrageous for two reasons. Sometimes it's about diverting attention, and that's absolutely fine. In this instance, it was deployed by Boris to divert attention. There's certainly no doubt. But also, you know that in doing that, what you're doing is you're putting two words together in the hope that the bit that sticks, the bit that's repeated and repeated and repeated, is those two words. So we got very outraged last week about, uh, you know, as a country, actually, and large portions of, of different communities got very outraged about Keir Starmer and Jimmy Savile being mentioned by Boris Johnson. But every time we got outraged, every time we got up to say that it was untrue, what we continue to do is reinforce Jimmy Savile and Keir Starmer in the in the same sentence. Um and so here's the three predictable things that happened today. First predictable thing, that number 10 would double down. And by doubling down, it wasn't number 10 that doubled down. It was a lot of people that you would consider to be sensible, you know, grown-up people standing behind this nonsense. So you got over the weekend, you got the likes of Quasi Quartang, and you've got very. I mean, grief. He's 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 the guy who's supposed to keep an eye on disinformation. Came out and said it was, it it, it was fine. 
Um, so they all stood behind and they're doing it based on a nuance, based on not the message that's been sent out, not the blunt Jimmy Savile, Keir Starmer in the same sentence. They're going on the, you know, the minutiae of the language to say, well, technically it was this, 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 and they didn't really say this, but I think it is fair to say that, and that's what they were doing. So the first thing was that. So number 10 double down through the foot soldiers. So that was the first thing that was really predictable. The second thing that was predictable is the thing that I really didn't want to happen, but did happen today, and was that Keir Starmer and David Lammy today faced a, um, a, a very difficult situation with a load of protesters, and those protesters were flinging out the, the you know those kind of words traitor and flinging out towards Keir Starmer um, the issues with regard to paedophilia and to Jimmy Savile because that's exactly what was going to happen that's exactly what happens when you put traitors of the people on the front of a newspaper you know what's going to be directed at those people so the second thing that we knew was going to happen I really hoped wouldn't but did was we had that situation today where we had a really, really uncomfortable situation for two elected politicians who did not deserve behaviour like that. And it's not because they're from Labour. No politician deserves behaviour like that. But it was predictable it was going to happen because ultimately that's what you do when you open those floodgates. And then thirdly, exactly predictably was number 10 then comes out and says, this is deplorable, but we're standing behind what we said which gives it free license to happen again. And I really, I kind of really did not want to be here talking about this, but it, it's there and it's in plain sight. And I, I don't know how we, how we move on from this, other than to maybe just to shout it out for what it is. This is Trumpian politics. This is the Trumpian playbook. And what we've got to start saying to people is don't focus on the thing that's being said, focus on the methodology. Because the methodology here is to divert by throwing something out there that's obscene and hoping it will stick and then letting it do it do its work and letting it be repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and then just leave it to happen over there. Because in doing that, you create the diversion, you create the smokescreen for somebody who shouldn't be in office and should have resigned by now um, to actually carry on and, and try and change try and change the narrative. Tuesday. One small casualty of doing the episode I did last week was by focusing the way I focused, I a couple of things that happened through the week didn't get covered that probably would have made their way into TFM. One of them happened a week ago. Um, and I just have to, I just have to say it out loud for what it is. And I did a little bit of research, but not enough. Um, and I'll try and put a link or something in the notes so you can see what I'm talking about. But I, I was in Milton Keynes on Tuesday and I went for a walk. Um, uh, and Milton Keynes is, a, is the, of, of all the things Milton Keynes is, and it is still a weird place, um, walking in Milton Keynes is remarkably simple because everything's joined by footpaths. So if you want to cycle or walk anywhere, Milton Keynes is is a great place to walk because it's all underpasses. You don't have to cross a road. It's In that respect, it's really easy to commute your way around. So I went for a walk. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it's an elegant vista to walk around and it's a lot of, you know, sort of uh, new, ha- new build house communities and what have you, but it's still easy to, to navigate around. Um... So I'm walking up the road and I see something in the distance 
and it looks like one of those cars that you would give a toddler. So the the kind of uh, electric cars that a toddler would have um, that that have got a battery in them. And they and effectively, you know, they put the foot on an accelerator, they've got accelerator brake, and they drive. They don't go quick enough to cause a huge amount of damage. They're normally, you know, sort of Porsche type, well, not Porsche type, these are, you know, saloon type things. Uh, they've normally got a, a big kind of stick at the back with a flag on it and what have you, but they do, they move themselves. So that, a, you know, a child will sit in there and press the thing and it will go at a mile an hour or a couple of miles an hour and then they'll steer and what have you. And so I'm in the distance and I'm seeing one of those coming towards me and I'm thinking, well, that's strange because there's not a parent there. And normally in that scenario, there's a parent walking along the side. Then as we get closer, I realise there's no child in there either. So I'm thinking, right, well, now this is really odd. Uh, and we were on a slight slope and I was thinking, well, is it possible Is it possible this thing's just rolling towards me? But that doesn't seem to make an enormous amount of, of sense, really, because the slope's not that great and it would have veered off to the side. So that doesn't make any sense. So I carry on walking and I'm starting to get close to this thing and I realise it's not quite the form I thought it was and it's not quite a car. It's more of a square. It's more of um, almost like a cool box. Like a like a kind of a, a a big square cool box, and as as a, as it comes towards me, it consciously crosses to the other side of the path to avoid hitting me, and it just goes past and it carries on going, and I carry on going as if it's the most normal thing in the world that an that a, that an electrified storage box of some description has just gone past me and carried on going. Now I'd heard. I mean, a few weeks ago, that wonderful story about that um, that um, Hoover, that electric Hoover, in the hotel that or wherever it was, um, I think it was a hotel or an old people's home or something that had just that had just left the building. It had gone straight out the front door and it had escaped, and it took them two days to find it, and they actually found it, you know, half a mile away under a hedge, which I thought was great. The idea that that that, that little robotic Hoover had had enough and it just decided to you know clear off and and have an afternoon out so I, it brought that back into mind and it just whizzed past and i thought well what is it and it's not it's clearly not a mower or anything I thought, anyway so I, I finished my walk having given it no th- and other people had walked past it and nobody had battered an eyelid so i get back to the hotel do a bit of research and it turns out they are delivery robots and it, it arrives at your door and it stops and it obviously gives some form of alarm or some form of indication that it's there and you lift up the top and whatever you've had delivered and i think it's groceries they do you you take out and it it goes away again it goes back to be refilled to be sent somewhere else and whilst i shouldn't be surprised about this because it's entirely possible and normal and clearly, clearly it's normal it's going on in milton Keynes, but i just somehow didn't expect to see it so i'll try and find something to put it on i'm still smiling about it now there's there's as much as this is kind of the i guess it's the first part of the machines taking over but i'm also quite in you know i'm quite amused by the fact that the first part of the machines taking over is is delivering you you know um a a pack of pringles and, and and a four pack of stella so um I'll, I'll put something on to indicate. I didn't take a photo of it, but I'll put something on with some imagery and, and a bit about the story. Um, almost, almost worth uh, being in Milton Keynes for. Wednesday. You know what I'm going to say? 
you know why I'm going to say it, you know what I'm going to attribute it to. But the thing behind all of that is that I really, really don't know how I feel about the thing I'm going to mention that happened today. So for political cover, because the timing's just far too convenient and the data doesn't actually point towards it, we get the announcement today that the COVID restrictions, which were due to be uh, re-looked at at the end of March, may well now disappear in total um, at the end of February. Now, of course, that's in the week that we're having, with everything that went on on Monday, with the fact PMQs was coming up, with all the noise that's going on and the fact the wheels are coming off uh, as far as this current administration is concerned, then it was very convenient to put that out, particularly when, as I say, there's there's no scientific backup um, for this so far. And we will know about this because ultimately Sage will meet and discuss this and probably hasn't met and discussed this and those meeting notes will ultimately be made public. Um, so... Yes, I I think it's the the timing is too serendipitous to mean that there hasn't been manipulation. And yes, I do think it's about political cover. But the bit I I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if we're at that point yet. I I can't help looking at the number of people who are still dying on a daily basis. I'm concerned about the fact that we're going to stop reporting those daily um, statistics. Um, because I don't think the numbers are at a level yet where we can actually say that those numbers are acceptable to live with it. Um, we don't, you know, we've been having fifteen hundred to two thousand deaths, as far as I'm concerned, for far too long for us to say, well, let's stop looking. Um, and the numbers in terms of the infection rate is still too high for us not to be looking at the infection rates as well. So I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. And but at the same time there's something in my head saying we are going to have to have an exit strategy from this. Um and I and I really do get that. I'm I just I just don't know if it's now. Um uh, and the more I go around on this the more I really can't maybe the answer is in the fact that every time I've been into a shop or anywhere this week I've put my mask on and I've have I done that out of habit or have I done it because in reality that's still the right thing to do? I'm not quite I'm not quite sure. Um so I'm not gonna harp on about why it's been done and I'm not gonna and the reasons behind it. I'm gonna say to you in this instance, jury's still out for me. I really, really don't know. Thursday. I'm gonna mention uh the Corona Diaries podcast for the second time actually in the episode. Uh, and I'm going to mention it because a couple of episodes ago, um, we talked about... Steve had been in the car and he'd been listening to something on Radio 4. And it was a programme called The Coming Storm. And it was it was essentially the story behind QAnon um, and what's driven the whole QAnon conspiracy theory. Um, and he'd picked up on uh, what was episode two. Uh, and I'd had it on a list of things to listen to. Um, I don't know where I'd heard about it the first time around, but I'd, I'd, I'd been very, very intrigued by it and thought this is well worth a listen. And I got around to giving it that listen this week, and it's astonishing. Uh, and I'm only three episodes in, but the quality of the research, the quality of the production, um, just how 
really, really... I mean, it's a podcast, but it kind of isn't because it's a radio series, really. So its production value is 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 far ahead of where a podcast would probably be. And the production, the amount of time put into the research is also you know very very a very high standard there's no doubt this thing's been researched i mean the guy's been all over america speaking to to first hand witnesses um and it's it's thoroughly well put together um but i can't recommend it highly enough it's it's really compulsive um listening um and it's i mean it's frightening i'm afraid. i mean it, it's frightening how these things take hold it's frightening how important the um you know the evangelical community has been to this particular um this particular theory it's in and, and what's well, not a theory it's what's actually going on and how and how you know intertwined um the church is with how this whole thing has taken hold uh, particularly in middle america so i I'm, i'll put the I'll put a link in the notes, but I, I must, not must, but if I can recommend anything to you, then I would recommend this. And if you're somebody who runs or walks or does anything where you listen to podcasts, and I know obviously you listen to podcasts, then then really give this a spin um, because it's really it's really knocked me out. Um, you know how how well put together it is, and I guess the thing that it's it's scary because it's happened, and I can see how these things these things take hold, and of course the parallels with everything that's going on in the UK at the moment, and the whole fake news thing is 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 massive. So um, in fact, there was a very good article, a very good fake news article in the Sunday Times. Um, what is good about this is we do start, as I said before, we're starting to call out the methodology and you have to understand the methodology. You have to move away from the the, the content and move to the methodology because it's the methodology that isn't changing. The content changes as required, but the methodology stays the same. And if you can spot the methodology, then you can you understand that in reality, in focusing on the content, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Because it's it is that conjuring trick, it's that smoke and mirrors trick, it's that thing where you're just looking at the wrong hand, and it's and it's you know you you're doing exactly what the magician is wanting you to do. So um, if if you minded enough to give it a try, give it a try, and I'd be fascinated to to hear what you think. But it's certainly it certainly engaged me this week. <laughs> going to finish with something that might seem like it's a little bit flat and I'm I'm saying it because I think recognizing it is helpful Um, and I think in recognizing it we realize we're getting towards um, towards maybe towards the end Um, the night's definitely pulling out we're definitely getting closer to that bit of the year that I like where you start to realize that spring's coming and everything's you know those things you look forward to like just sitting in the garden and grabbing a coffee and having some extra daylight and going out for an earlier run and all those kind of things, uh, they're, they're on the way. But I went to the football on Saturday, well, football twice on Saturday. The under-9s football played Saturday morning uh, and we got wet. We got really wet and cold and, and in that kind of cold that you struggle to get warm from. Um, so got back home, just about managed to get to get warm before going out to watch the football. Uh, Huddersfield were playing Barnsley in an FA Cup game and it was it was one of those games where, you know, it was only a, a, a tenner for me and a fiver for Josh. So we uh, 
so we went along and it, and it was it was always great to see live football and United had played the night before so we weren't going to Sheffield to watch and we got soaking wet through and cold again and it to the point where I didn't really seem to get warm all weekend and this is definitely something that you know has afflicted me through my 40s and now into my 50s is this thing of not of getting cold and then really struggling to get back warm that kind of that kind of cold where you are cold inside and you just can't you can't get yourself back you know back to sort of be functioning um and it just made me feel a little bit down it was that kind of thing of I need it to be warmer now and I know it's not far away and I know very quickly I mean like we've had frost this morning I've ended up having to put my run back a few hours and run at lunchtime because the, the you know the paths were slippy and I kind of just I want the temperature to move half a dozen degrees to the point where when the sun's out it's 12 13 degrees not five or six and you can actually sit outside and you wake up in the morning and it's not you know it's not sort of two or three degrees with a air temperature of probably below freezing but it's actually seven eight degrees with an air temperature of four or five and you know i can start going out for a run again without having to think about how many layers i need or whether i need gloves so i don't know it's i don't know if it's been a long winter i can't tell you whether it has or it hasn't i'm just i'm just done with it for this year i'm done with it um and and it never used to bother me i don't know why it's just it just seemed to bother me this time and it's it is kind of in with the cold I think that kind of not being able to not being able to really get you know get get warm and you know and and maybe working from home maybe being sat in a space where because you do get colder when you I mean when I'm sat at my desk I do tend to find when I just sit still you know that the circulation's not going and, and and you know fingers start to feel it and toes start to feel it a little bit but I don't know I don't know just had enough just had enough uh, it probably is the second week of February vibe. I don't quite know, and there's probably a name for it. And I know it's not sad because that's well, maybe it is a bit of sad. I don't know, but there's perhaps something about when you get we, you, you're within sight. We're within sight. You can almost touch slightly longer days, warmer weather, and I'm just ready for it. Um, I guess all we can do is wait and see what the forecast brings next week and whether I'm looking forward to the first time I feel think to myself I'm going to go and sit outside with my coffee I'm going to go and sit in the sunshine for an hour and just do that and it just seems such a long time since I did that anyway um, I hope I hope you well I hope you're I, I, I was convinced I was coming down with COVID this week but so far touch wood all seems to be fine so that's that's quite nice um but i hope you're equally you're equally well and i hope you got something to i hope you got something to look forward to over the weekend um because i I really feel like i need the weekend this week and i'm sure i'm not the only one so have a nice weekend enjoy whatever it is that you're doing um try and take a moment to do something to recognize the weekend because it's so easy for the everything to merge together so recognize the weekend enjoy and i will speak to you soon if you've enjoyed therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production